Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Back by popular demand that we have on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, Richard Earle, who is the grandson of Harley Earle, one of the most famous uh, people involved in the design of cars in the 1950s and 60s. And I was fortunate to meet him about 12 years ago when we did a radio taping by telephone. And... I looked him up again to see how this is going. He does public speaking for a living at uh, big groups and conventions, and his name is Richard Earle. He has spent the last 24 years, 10 of which were in Metro Detroit, unearthing a story on America's mid-20th century auto world. In 2003, the auto scene newspaper did an article on his having information and a perspective no one else has. Quote, so enter Richard, ironically, the only Earl to pursue an auto-related career since his grandfather's death in 1969, end quote. Richard Earl is a public speaker, lives in the Palm Beaches in Florida, and edits the official HarleyJEarl.com website. Our guest today, Richard Earl. Let's talk about uh, what Harley Earl, your grandfather, was involved with, with annual styling model changes. What did Harley Earl do with that, Richard Earl? Well, thank you, Brian. That was a wonderful introduction. It's just great to be here and um, be able to share this story with your audience. Harley, in the annual styling model change, uh, literally changed everything. It's uh, one of the most important factors of uh, business and consumer uh, spending. Of course, we're talking about the world's most adored consumer product, which is the automobile. And it's been that way for a, over a hundred years. And not to mention, it's also the world's most adored consumer product. People, you, you've heard the, the stories how the, the next generation or the younger generations aren't interested in maybe buying cars today but let me tell you young people they'll say anything to their kids and let me just say this if they won the lottery the first thing they do is go out and buy a nice car and the other thing is wait until they have some kids and they're married uh, boy it's kind of hard to get by without a car 
But those annual model changes um, in the lavish uh, events where they were introduced at the GM Motoramas mm -hmm. back in the mid-20th century were synonymous to what Apple was doing when they first released the iPhone and the excitement. These Motorama shows launched at the, 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 in New York City at the Waldorf Astoria in 1953 and you had... Uh, uh, people standing in line for hours uh, waiting to get in um, and, and this was in January temperatures 15 wide around New York City blocks to see these annual model changes these concept cars and to put it in order for a car much like you do for an iPhone so Harley really was the Steve Jobs of uh, the mid-20th century, and General Motors and that dream team, they introduced this new way, uh, modern way of device that goes off in people's heads today. I might not need an Apple 11, because uh, I have a 9 or an 8, 9, or 10, mm -hmm. but boy, I, they, they make it so easy for me to get it. GM invented that device in people's heads, and now it's just called the annual model change. And um, the whole world, it's not the uh, uh, American consumer, it's the global automotive and the global economy that's driving this thing these days. Now, your uh, grandfather was involved with a famous tech center in Detroit. And again, for those who are listening to the Rusk Report on ESPN, Richard Earl is available to provide public speeches for a fee throughout the United States and Canada. But let's talk about the tech center, your grandfather, the famous auto concept designer Harley Earl was involved with. What was the Tech Center all about? The Tech Center was all about, in the mid-20th century, coming out of uh, World War II, when it was first developing, um, Harley's department had been growing instead of uh, getting smaller during the Depression, it had been getting larger. This was the future, um, the, the, the designing cars. Um, Here's a good way of putting it. Um, Harley Earl was an auto industry disruptor 70 years before the word disruptor even became cool. Back in the 30s and the late 20s when he came to General Motors, um, there were no design departments. He was the initial uh, first uh, to be hired to run a design department at any company. And uh, basically when the tech center came to be, it was all um, coming on the uh, heels of uh, the victory of World War II. And people forget this today, but it's really exciting. Uh, I went down these, uh, uh, these, these rabbit holes and got this history. It, it, most people that are over um, 50 know this history. General Motors was the largest defense contractor in the world. Very few but, people know that. Yeah, bar none. Before but Ford was involved too. Well, on the outside, but 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 what I was saying is they were the largest defense contractor in the world before, during, and after World War II. They owned North American Aviation, and basically the government um, allowed them to basically run the show during World War II and organize it. A lot of it had to do with the advanced technology that GM had and how they, um, they, they you know, were able to create all the success and then build this, this uh, they called it the Versailles of Industry when it was introduced in 1956. But anyway, Metropolitan Detroit, in, when this was introduced um, 64 years ago, um, the 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 metropolitan Detroit mm -hmm. was the um, was the technology capital of the world long before Silicon Valley 
was even uh, came to be. And of course, General Motors really was at the uh, forefront of all this revolutionary technology. And um, again, a lot of it had to do with what was going on during the war. And I will say this because, of course, Steve Jobs, all these people today that 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 create the success of these companies, secrecy, this is a quote from Harley, is a necessary part of the process. So that was their secret sauce, and they kept it close to the vest, um, and um, they, they didn't rest, you know, rest on their laurels, and they, you know, they kept all this stuff um, under the under the radar. Well, it's an amazing story. Your grandfather was a brilliant, gifted man. In fact, on one of your former cards, you referred to your grandfather, Harley Earl, as the Da Vinci of Detroit, the world's most, the world's automobile design legacy. Well, that's that's funny that you should say that. I have other great terms or anecdotes. Uh, you know, they called him the Sheriff of Style. Um, the, the chairman of change, uh, the Da Vinci of Detroit. Uh, why did they call him that? Well, he really did create a, a, a whole new operating system. Before computers were even came into being, um, he created uh, something that was, um, but he had his fingertips on the pulse of the American public. And of course, of course, people like Jobs, Gates, Earl, they, they, they they know what's coming before millions of people want it. They know what it is exactly that they want. So he was a visionary, and that's what I I was told when I did a lot of the um, first person interviews when I lived in Detroit. And that that his vision was his gift. We're learning a great deal from Richard Earl, grandson of the famous automotive designer and uh, celebrity Harley Earl. And we're talking about his great career. So for those who are listening in Montreal, Buffalo, or Washington, drop us a note. This station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia, New Zealand. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little plug here, ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features, Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guests. We had Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. Victoria Damone, daughter of the famous singer Vic Damone, and Congressman Tom Reed. A little bit more information about Richard Earle. He's an automotive consultant and professional speaker. And if people are interested in having him speak, you can go to the website harleyjearle.com. And uh, it's J, it's H-J-E-S-T-O-R-Y, so it's H-J-E-S-T-O-R-Y at 
gmail.com if you want to email Richard Earle. He has an intimate connection with one of America's greatest 20th century artist engineers who revolutionized the auto industry, his grandfather, Harley Earle. Born in Detroit, Michigan, Richard spent his 20s on Wall Street, returned to Motor City in 1985 to visit the GM Technical Center in Warren, Michigan, where he saw many ultra-futuristic clay model prototype cars. They ignited a desire with him not just to learn more about his family's 100-plus year auto legacy, but about the rise of the automobile design profession at large. Our guest today, professional speaker, Richard Earle of West Palm Beach, Florida. Let's uh, uh, talk a little bit about the concept of a concept car. Your grandfather was the father of the concept car in the 50s and 60s with modernistic, futuristic designs in the 50s and 60s, and he also helped design the Chevrolet Corvette. So let's talk about the concept car. Wow, that's a great uh, lead-in, uh, Brian. Thanks. And and again, it's great. Um, that I, That's perfect. I mean, the, the 1953 Corvette, Harley took his um, concept car, the LeSabre, which was his post-World War II, America's first supercar, uh, to Watkins Glen, and he saw the sexy uh, European sports cars, MGs, Triumphs, uh, and uh, Ferraris, and and he's like, gosh, this is this is this is amazing. We don't have one, and and that's where the brain, he had the brainchild for the Corvette, and the the Muse was of course the LeSabre, which when you see the cockpit and the windshield, it's got that panoramic wraparound windshield, and. Um, which was introduced on the LeSabre and it went right to the 53 Corvette which debuted at the Motorama in Manhattan and people saw that car and they were blown away and GM even knew beforehand that they were going to build it because like um, the designs Harley had been doing since he was brought to General Motors in the mid-20s as a design as an engineering consultant to Cadillac um, he was like such he had gained such repute or, or success inside the corporation you know in the post-world war ii era era they were just let them let them um you know run with the idea and design all of gm's products not you know like trains and uh but the concept car was all about the future and people love beauty and they love moving out of beauty into new new beauty if you have new beauty their chances are they're going to want to buy it especially in a country where you have another leader of general motors alfred p sloan say quote never underestimate the buying power of the of the american public and boy you could say that's really going on strong right now our economy uh especially in our stock market uh, but but that's another story but getting back to the concept car so he designed 30 of these concept cars from from 53 to 58, um, the Corvette, I just want to say this, the Corvette was the first one introduced at the Motorama that actually became a production car. And of course, it was a limited run production. The first year, they only produced 300 of them. Chevrolet didn't have a V8 engine in the first car. It was a, it was a blue flame six cylinder engine. And it really wasn't the high powered sports car that it turned into in a couple of years. But that not having the six or the eight cylinder engine created the need and the want for Chevrolet to get the eight cylinder engine, which direct went directly into the 50 
uh, five uh, Corvette and it was off to the races and the Corvette you've got eight generations now of Corvettes and uh, success in racing and um, it came from this concept car that was seen at the GM Motorona, Motorama show uh, back in 1953. Well Harley Earl undoubtedly was a genius way ahead of his time what he did with General Motors when General Motors was a king of the heap worldwide um, let's uh, talk a little bit about honoring and celebrating the legacy of your grandfather, Harley Earl. Our guest today, Richard Earl, and he's a professional speaker, a public speaker. He speaks all over the United States, and he is available for a fee, of course, but he does uh, public speaking as a career. So let's uh, talk a little bit about how do we honor and celebrate the great legacy of Harley Earl, your grandfather. Well, you know, this, this this wonderful because I get to, when I talk about my grandfather, it's like the team behind him is is this immeasurable team of leaders that that have created the success of the American automotive industry. Like I talk about Henry Ford in my talks, and you really can't do a talk about Harley Earl and the success of General Motors, which by the way, Brian, when I when I do these talks, you know, being the grandson and everything, I learned a long time ago you got to talk about what this is and something very Americans going on here in this story and it's not just about Harley Earl it's about this team of leaders that were s surrounded him and I'm talking about a handful of leaders at GM and and these I call the the dream team and these dream team leaders they are and I went down the rabbit uh, rabbit holes like I said before took me over 20 years to really get the story shaped into the, the gem it is today. They are the greatest team of business leaders in number, stats, and finance of the 20th century. And that's really important today. And you can, you know, the, the beauty of the story, since General Motors was, like 60 years ago, right now, Brian, mm -hmm. General Motors, Detroit, and the American automobile industry were the crown jewels of the entire business world. Michigan had just become the number one state in America with the most amount of millionaires over California and New York. So you could imagine how those two states felt. General Motors had over 650,000 employees and had been the number one advertiser in the world since the early 30s. And, um, and then on top of that, they were the largest defense contract, contractor coming out of World War II. And, and so there was just this incredible surge and and it was just about the most successful place any business leader wanted to go to Detroit in the 50s and and work for one of these car companies because that's where all the movers and shakers were contrary to a lot what people think today New York LA um, it was in at the epicenter of the business world in the 50s was um, metropolitan Detroit and it was uh, the, the 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 I called it you know the crown jewels of the business world are those concept cars that GM created because that operating system that Harley created the car design profession and the rules and principles behind it he created the glossary of terms and uh, provided the curriculum to all the colleges so this new profession could be taught mm -hmm. and he also provided the new tools and this all came from California. And, and most people think that Harley Earl took the Earl family into the automotive business, but that's not true. It was his father, my great-grandfather, J.W., Jacob Earl, who started his uh, 
Earl Carriage Works in Los Angeles in 1889. The, the Earl family is one of the first families on wheels in America because um, Harley's father sniffed the winds of change like a lot of smart people that saw that the car was going to displace the, the transportation world and, and obsolete the horse. But, but what, what happened was the Earls got this started uh, seven years before Henry Ford created the quadricycle in 1896. So I say that I want everybody to know because it's like it's important to pass this knowledge on. And we've got over 130 years experience now from 1889. And, and I, you know, I feel so um, blessed to be able to be the messenger on this story and, and be consulting. I think this is a story that's going to... Um, you could duplicate what these leaders did. And um, th th again, when you have the recipe for success behind the greatest team of business leaders of the 20th century, and that story was, um, I like to say it in a very nice and positive way, it was put on the back burner of time. It wasn't an easy story to get. These leaders did not burnish their images, and they didn't want to necessarily take this, take or get this information in the paper. It was all about keeping it close to the vest. Why? Because it was going to keep America strong for a very long time. The technology, everything, the success that this number one company of the 20th century had a lot to do with keeping America strong um, moving into the rest of the century. After they were all gone, Harley just had his 50th anniversary of his passing um, just uh, last year um, in, in 1969. He passed along you know, and he was like the last one of the dream team really to pass. Um, now, when you give a speech, if it's in uh, Miami or New York or Chicago, do you, you have a PowerPoint presentation with the photos of all the concept cars your grandfather created? Absolutely. From the Y job to the, the trio of rich uh, technology-fueled uh, Firebird uh, uh, cars that, that really were the cars that took us into the modern age. Let me ask you, Brian, in your car or one of your cars, do you have a rear viewer in your car with a... Yes, I do. Right. Most yes, people. It's like standard equipment. That idea, Harley put a camera on a car. It was called the Buick Centurion. It's very well documented back in 1956. And uh, he had created the autonomous car, put the first computers in cars and cameras back in this time period and created the first autonomous car program and they said in 1956 and they have a movie you can see it up on YouTube right now just type in at YouTube go and type in key to the future General Motors and you'll see this this beautiful amusing Hollywood movie that Harley had made on the autonomous car program that GM introduced and it was all about having these cars going down the highway zipping down the highway in the mid 70s 20 years later they envisioned that the world would be an autonomous car program uh, car world and they 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 called it the safety auto highway of tomorrow and they show they show renderings and uh, of the, the parents in the front seat and the, the chairs turned around and the kids in the back seat and they're all playing Scrabble and, and drinking Tang. And, um, Amazing, just a great uh, story. If you just tuned in to the Rusk Report, you're listening to ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. Our guest is public speaker Richard Earl, who's grandson of the famous automotive pioneer Harley Earl. He speaks about his grandfather all over the country. If you want more information, go to the website 
Harley, H-A-R-L-E-Y, J-Earl, E-A-R-L dot com. Or you can email our guest today, Richard Earl, at H-J-E-S-T-O-R-Y at gmail.com. So it's H-J-E story at gmail.com. It's an amazing story of a man who changed the whole automotive industry. Um, are we going to see a movie? Are you going to be coming out with a book about your grandfather who made such tremendous accomplishments? Oh, that's that's so nice of you, Brian. Um, it's it's certainly worthy uh, of both those uh, mediums because you know Harley's from Hollywood, and uh, and um, he you know many people have said this before I have. And uh, he really created the Hollywoodization of Detroit. He would create these full-size clay models of cars, and um, he would show them to prospective clients in Hollywood. And uh, he be he became this hot uh, this this custom car builder before he came to work for GM. He built over a thousand custom cars from movie stars and millionaires, interfaced with uh, the Fisher Brother family, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Well, they had Palm Beach Roots where we're taping this uh, show, right. Max Fisher. Well, I think that's a different that's Fisher. Body by Fisher. Yes, it's Body by Fisher. But the, but the Fisher family, they were secretive, very secretive and quiet. And they they actually sold the last 40% of their corporation. Uh, GM had bought 60% of them in the teens, and they in 1926 they purchased the last 40% of Fisher Body, and they paid an extraordinary amount of money. And and even that time, and even still today, they paid in 1926 208 million dollars to buy that. There'll be 20 billion today. Something extraordinary. And but the point is is that. The Fishers were cut from the same cloth as Harley. Their father was a 19th century, late 19th century coach builder. And so they had this, this idea, what I was gonna say about Henry Ford later, he had a, by, by the time Harley came to Detroit, Ford had over a 50% market share and GM had an under 12% in 1921. So they were looking for talent to disrupt this apple cart and they were always grateful that Hor uh, excuse me, Henry Ford had literally created the marketplace and built 15 million Model T by 1927. And General Motors just, you know, moving from that point on, Henry Ford became a little complacent, maybe more than just a little. And he thought that Model T was going to be a, um, a paradigm that was going to work well into the mid-20th century. And of course, General Motors, this story is well known. General Motors totally took his market share away, and um, 20 years later, going into, or less than 15 years later, going into World War II, 1941, GM had a commanding 47% market share, and Ford was under 18%. I'm sorry we have to come to a close of the Rusk Report. We've learned so much from uh, well-known public speaker Richard Earle, talking about his grandfather, Harley Earle, a great pioneer in the automotive industry with concept cars, uh, world famous. If you have any questions, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production for 15 years, and thank you for enlightening us, Richard Earl, about your great pioneer grandfather in the automotive industry, Harley Earl. Have a great week. Thank you. 
You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.